Welcome back, everybody. This is the Shooting the Breeze with Friends podcast. Um, coming to you, um, just wanted to uh, kind of provide a brief forward. Last night, I had the opportunity with one of my buddies from college, former teammates, um, to really talk about kind of everything that's been going on with George Floyd and the situation and police brutality and just things as a whole. Um, and so, we, we did a Facebook live video um, and, you know, after getting a, a great, a really great response from our peers and our friends, wanted to get back in the podcast game. It's been a year since I've recorded anything, um, but I thought it was very important that we did have this conversation and this dialogue. So um, I just wanted to provide a brief forward. We're going to, I'm going to patch on the actual part the podcast and the video that we had um so it's not you know podcast quality we do apologize we'll probably make it better next time um uh, but hope you enjoy hope you take time to listen it's a little bit lengthy um but i think we talk about a lot of things and a lot of good content so uh again you know enjoy the show um please provide any feedback you can subscribe to the suit and the breeze with friends podcast um, and we'll be back and we'll be talking about more content like this moving forward. So thank you for your support. Thank you all. We love you. Appreciate you. And further ado, here you go. Um, so one thing I, I asked everybody, uh, like I put in the comments earlier, um, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, you know, our goal really here is to kind of, you know, talk, you know, and I appreciate we're already very diverse in our in our in the people that have joined already. So I think part of this intent is to make sure um we're we're connecting to everybody. Um, exactly, exactly. And so my, my only request is like if you have anything that you know is inflammatory, that you know, you know, you know, you know, that's gonna rile up some folks, just just shoot me and me or Bruce a message. We both have our phones on us, uh, either text us or, or send us a Facebook message. Um, let us navigate how, how we want, you know, let us figure out how we want to navigate the, those kind of conversations. Um, first and foremost, I think the biggest thing we, we, we wanted to kind of, this is not going to be any kind of political rant because, um, you know, while there is some political components to it, um, this has nothing to do with politics. This has nothing to do with who's in the White House. You know, this stuff was going on long before, long, 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 you know, long, so it worked, and whether it's yeah. exactly whether it's been uh, a Democrat or a Republican in office, um, this stuff has been going on. So I, I think we want to get to that. Um, if you thought we were going to talk politics, I'm sorry, you've been misinformed. Yeah. That That is not <laughs> our intent. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. We're going to speak to what we know and around this issue. And, and you know, you know, we, we have me and Bruce um, and, and we'll probably get into our story as we go forward. Um, Bruce is currently in Iowa. Yes, there, there you know, there's there's no, black people. There are many. There are many. <laughs> there's me and a few others. But not so, many. Yeah. Not so. Many. So, uh, you know, he's he's had some conversations um, with people that he, you know, you know, he also coaches high school football, um, you know, as his his hobby slash afternoon job. Um, and so, you know, we, we've had a lot of conversation with people um, from kind of all walks of life. Uh, you know, the, our goal and me and Bruce 
said this from the very beginning. Uh, we wanted to be careful in how we do this. We, we didn't want to be biased. We didn't want to be slanted in anything that we were saying. Um, you know, and well, we part of the... Real. Exactly, exactly. We're going to keep it real. Spade's exactly. Spade. Yeah, exactly. And I think part of, you know, we talked about this because, I, you know, I, I have a podcast and I had, I had stopped doing it for about a year. And, you know, over the last month or so, I've been thinking about podcasting again. Um, and so Sunday night, I, I got ready, ready to podcast. But I, I told Bruce the other day, I said, man, that was God working because halfway through, Halfway through the podcast, all my computer just fell off, you know, cut off. Um, it just went, got me a blue screen. And I was like, that's God's work. That's God working right there because there's a lot of anger, um, you know, that I, I, I think was being expressed. There was a lot of frustration. And, uh, you know, it was funny because last night Bruce called me. He was like, hey, let's do it. Let's get it going last night. And and he was in a similar frust- I, area I, of frustration. I to do it last night. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. – so I, I think, you know, our goal and our intent was when we got when we got here, we were going to do it from a place of peace, a piece of place of calmness, because I think it's important to have this conversation. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, I, I kind of put a little bit of agenda together. Um, you know, we're going to talk about George Floyd, obviously, and then we're going to talk about police brutality as a whole. Uh, we're going to talk about policing. Um, because, you know, I think that's a, a big conversation that needs to be had. History uh, of it with the black yeah, community. Exactly. Um, and then we're going to get into the protesting and rioting. Um, and, and, I, and I think uh, that's equally as important because, I mean, you've had, you know, I, I don't, again, we're not going to get political, but there's kind of been two discussions with this. And, and, and so we want to talk about it all um, from, 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 from everything, from the protesting to the rioting, um, we're going to talk about it, and, and we're going to be honest about it. Uh, like like we said, like Bruce said, we're going to call a spade a spade. Um, then we're going to get into kind of systemic racism, you know, above all, um, you know, you know, kind of the history um, of of kind of the oppression that 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 you're seeing displayed in protests, and and you know, beyond the police brutality, um, you know, there's so many different things that we can talk through, and I think that's kind of the goal as well. Um, we also going to, you know, I've had a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, my, my white peers, um, people of other races saying, Hey, what can we do? So I think part of this solutions, part of this is we are going to talk solutions. We're going to talk different things that can be done to improve, um, some of these, these situations and what you can do on the sideline. Um, cause I think that's, you know, I, I prepared a clip. I don't know if the clip's going to work. Um, but you know, there's a clip that talks about kind of the white moderate and I don't mean moderate in the sense of political, but kind of the person that, that sees what's going on, you know, believes it's wrong, but kind of focuses on other, yeah, but not say anything. So, uh, so definitely going to speak to that. And then, you know, we're both athletes. So, you know, part of this is, is the, is the, the athletes and the coachings, the coaches that have come out. And I think, we, me and Bruce talked this morning, and obviously there were some things that came out shortly thereafter, uh, one with Drew Brees, and, um, you know, I think Dabo Sweeney Dabo had another. Sweeney. So um, we're going to talk about that also. So I think uh, we might be here a while. I hope you guys stay a while. If not, um, please come back and listen to this, because I think 
um, it's important. And, and I think, you know, I think it's important that we talk about it. And on top of that, and I'm not, you know, I'm going to keep it, try to keep it light. We're still kind of quarantined. You really ain't got much to do. There's no real new shows <laughs> on. So <laughs> the least, least you can do is listen to us for, for a little while. For a little bit. <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. So, uh, Let's go ahead and dive into this thing. All man. right, man. So we'll first talk about – so obviously me, me and Bruce kind of prepped this morning. Um, and, you know, after that, you know, some additional details came out. Um, but I want to kind of go to, like, the beginning. Uh, you know, Bruce, where what was your mindset uh, when you first saw the video? That initial first notification that hit another one has happened, another – you know, police shooting has happened. I mean, not police, police, you know, crime, police brutality, crime has occurred. Like, what was your first thought? Well, um, I, I want to say I saw the the incident in Central Park first. I want, like, I, it was like, it was back to back same day. I saw, like, both things kind of going on. So I, I want to say it was the Central Park incident first. So I was already, like, feeling some type of way just because, you know, how that whole thing went down uh, really, like, plays into how, like, some of white America can use the police policing to, we- you know, weaponize it in, his- in their favor. Uh, you know, I'm- maybe there are some details that we aren't aware of, but, you know, at the crux of it, you know, how she tried to well, basically flat out lie to you know on to the dispatch about you know black man threatening her and her dog then she got into the theatrics of it all so that situation happened then couldn't have been no more than maybe a few hours later not even uh get the notification see the video saw the video uh you know i think you know me well enough you know me on and off the field like, probably one of the most easygoing dudes you'll meet, but if you piss me off, like, you know, there's a switch that just kind of goes off and it's not a nice guy. And I remember looking at that video and my first, like, mind you, this is something that already happened. So I'm watching something, you know, in past tense and, like, my I felt my fist begin to clinch. Like, yeah. literally leaving imprints in my palm. Like, just how, you know, what was going on hearing the distress in George Floyd's voice, uh, how the officer, who I guess was trying to do crowd control, how he was treating the situation, uh, you know, the whole thing just kind of hit me to my core. And, you know, it's a good thing, I, like you said, I think it's good we waited a little while to oh, yeah. allow emotions. I, I'm, I'm still just as mad, but more level-headed about the situation, willing to talk solutions. Uh, more so than I was when it initially happened. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have been very, you know, it wouldn't have been nothing nice coming out my mouth that day. So, yeah. you know, it took uh, me to a place that nobody really should be in 2020. And I, and I think for me, it was, it was, I, 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 it was kind of this numbness for me. Um, man, I mean, we, we, you know, I've, it was funny because I was watching Ray you know, the, the, the story about Ray Charles with Jamie Foxx. And, you know, one of the things he talks about, he's, man, seeing death ain't natural. 
And I remember that I remember that part in the movie, you know, when his mom, when his brother passed away, and he was talking about seeing death ain't natural, and it's become natural for us. Mm-hmm. It, you know, um, you know, social media has kind of brought different things to the forefront that, like, we see it all the time. Um, you know, and, and and so it was. It was. It was. Part of me was like, "Oh, you know, here we go again." Here we go again. Uh, yeah. Other part of it was like, "No, like, like, why? Like, you know, like, how? How did it get to that moment?" And you know, we'll we'll talk more about like our thoughts on police, and you know, I'll, I'll share a story later on about when I got pulled over and and what that experience was like. Um, you know, but it was just like it was like here we go again, and then you know, a day goes by, two days goes by, and there is no charges. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and then, you know, we turn up, you know, <laughs> like and then <laughs> I mean let let's let, let, let's call, call it for what it is. Yeah, yeah like we you know the, the, I, the I think the biggest thing is people like you know, I've seen a lot of commentary on Facebook, like, you know, especially from you know from those that are i guess less inclined less inclined to really understand you know the struggles in the african american community as it pertains to policing you know everybody's saying oh you know everybody wants to riot just because of george floyd like what's going on in the country right now is not singularly focused on george floyd like this is something that's literally been going on for hundreds of years uh recently post civil civil rights act stuff still still happening like marvin and i talked about this earlier you know we kind of put the timing uh how how close we are to you know some of the pre-civil rights act struggles uh that our parents our grandparents uh had to deal with and you think uh, you know civil rights right act was what 64 believe so 60 yeah around that 64 and then there was another one 68 after uh king was assassinated so you know you think about it my parents were born in the late 50s and yours are probably around about the same uh my uh, i think about it today uh today would have been my grandfather's 90th birthday that was the 30s like and you think about how bad things were back then you know some of the things that they had to deal with and you know Yes, there's been some progress, you know, but some of the same struggles that they've had are some of the same things that we're dealing with in 2020. And, yeah. you know, that's the kind of stuff that really it has to stop, you know. Yeah. And I, and I think that was the thing. Like, I mean, we've we've it, it's we've seen this story before, you know, it, it's like it's like watching a rerun of your favorite of your favorite show. Like, you, you know how it ends. And, and that's mm-hmm. been the thing. That's that's been kind of heartbreaking. That's been frustrating, because um, when we were, because even when we were talking in the kind of the historical content, man, I, I did my my grad school dissertation on kind of the uh, you know it was kind of ter- term the African sports fixation, African American sports fixation, where you know why do African Americans gravitate towards sports? Um, and it's like, well, it's all because that's where they first saw acceptance. You know, we talk about the civil rights movement in the 60s. 
you know, Jesse Owens went to Berlin in 1936 and ran through the entire Olympics, <laughs> you know, you know, came home with multiple gold. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in 1942. So we saw, you know, these things, but if you think about it and people don't really realize it, Jesse Owens came home from, from, from Hitler, Germany and was hated. Like, think of, think about that. Like, think about that. He literally went to, 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 to Berlin, Berlin. won four or five gold medals and came home and he was hated. Um, could he even celebrate in the streets with everybody else that had won gold medals? He had to kind of do his own separate celebration. So, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I, I know we're going to get into systemic racism and all that stuff, you know, towards the end. But, you know, this, this incident wasn't, wasn't just George Floyd. You know, I, I've had friends and, uh, you know, I'm going to shout my buddy out, Ralph, Ralph from Jersey. Um, like I was looking through our, our Facebook conversations and I remember in 2014, he reached out to me and he said he was going to go to silently protest. Um, and then again in 2016, he reached out and he said he was going to go protest. And then again in 2018, he reached out and go protest. And 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 here we are in 2020, and we're still dealing with the same thing. Same so, thing. So 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 don't. So I don't want anybody to think like you're. What you're seeing now is people that are you know. And 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 to be honest with you, part of it is yes, we've been locked up with this pandemic for the last. You know, you know, you know, sixty some, so. yeah, three months or so. So, I mean, I'm not going to 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 kind of dis, you know, get away from that. Yes, there is some of that stuff in there. So people have been locked up. So there's a lot of frustration. People have lost jobs. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of other factors. We understand that, but don't act like this is just, you know, a few, you know, the the few bad apples. Like like we've seen this story. Way too many times, and so you know, I think part of this is is has been frustrating, and and part of this has been hard, difficult to deal with because we've seen this story so many times. And honestly, and I and, I, and I'm not I'm not going to you know say that it wouldn't have happened, but it took for riots to occur to get charges. Nine charges, yeah. It took for riots to continue on to get charges for all, all four men. Like, think about that. Like, think about that. Like, we literally had to burn this country down because the first the first medical examiner said, "What? Oh, he uh, died. Under, he had underlying human. heart heart condition." Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 think about think about that. And when well, you, to you, be fair, it actually did say the the cause was homicide, but it wasn't a fixation. It was the like underlying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was stress. From you know being restrained and all this other crap, yeah. essentially they were trying to say he just had a heart attack. That's, yeah, you know, um, it, it's you know kind of to your point of you know kind of driving the point home of seeing this story before. Like I think a lot of white America might not understand is a lot of this stuff is really just coming to the forefront because we have these things. Yeah. These things right here are really bringing to light what we've been saying for the longest. But when we used to say it, 
oh, why you always got to pull the race card? Why is always the race card? Why is always got to be about race? Yada, yada, yada. But, you know, unbeknownst to, you know, those outside the community, they didn't really know what was going on. They don't have eyes, eyes and ears uh, dealing with, you know, daily harassment, unjust arrest, you know, things that aren't documented. I, I've had a really, really deep conversation with a real good friend of mine that's actually in law enforcement, federal law enforcement officer. And I, I will give it to him because we give him absolute hell. Uh, like he takes stances and he is very, he, you know, to his credit, he's very objective about his job. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's always, he wants to see the evidence. And when you say something, you got to tell him exactly what, where's it, where's the research? You know, where'd you see this? You know, blah, blah, blah. What's the stats? But, you know, I, I told him, I was like, you know, additionally with stats, there's a lot of things that don't become statistics. You know, daily harassments aren't law. You know, having to deal with, you know, just being pulled over, because you know, this happened to me plenty of times, driving through Cobb County, Georgia. You pulled over, driving a, you know, pretty decent car, nice car, get pulled over. We call it DWB, driving while black. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it happened to you, I think, easily three, four times just in, you know, Kennesaw, East Cobb area. Um, and, you know, the encounter happens, and it's like, you know you aren't speeding, you know, and you, cops actually could be really ticky-tack about, you know, traffic laws because, you know, technically it, they are, like, some of the things are very trivial. But, you know, when you know you haven't run a stop sign, you came to a stop at a, you know, at a stoplight, didn't roll through, didn't go through a yellow light, you just really going about your day and you get pulled over and it's like, you really like, what the fuck? You know, what now? Um, yeah. And there's so many of those instances. Uh, I I noticed on my timeline so many people that I didn't even know their story uh, of parents that were lost to you know police brutality. You know people kill. You know this girl I went to school with her dad uh, actually not too far from where I live, three and a half hours away. uh, Her dad was killed by an officer down in Kansas City. Uh, he was a veteran, you know, and he was a police chief. Like, uh, I don't, I don't want to say police chief, but he was somewhere up in the hierarchy of the fire department. And, yeah. you know, I don't know the details of the situation, but, you know, as things start to play out with what's going on with George Floyd, you know, you get, you know, people are seeing everybody else's commentary and they're like, yo, understand why we feel this way which in its essence kind of sucks. Like you have to explain yourself to validate how you feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. Like you should, you know, uh, empathetic ear goes a long way. You know, I think if people are at a place that they really felt that their concerns were being heard, you know, I don't think, we would really be in the place that we are as a whole in the country, let alone, you know, the riots and stuff. But, you know, the understanding from everybody on all sides would be there. You know, you don't have to go through what somebody else goes through 
to at least somewhat understand. You won't fully get it. But you can but at least empathize with it. And, you can and empathize go. with it. Yeah. Nah, man, as you were talking, I was thinking, and, and you know, I shared with you the story the other day. Um, what makes this kind of all too real for me was um, 4th of July weekend, 2016. Um, you know, I, I, me, my brother, and his girlfriend, uh, we went out, you know, down to the beach down here in Virginia Beach, went to a bar. And, uh, you know, I, I I had drinks early in the night and it was just like, I'm going to be the DD. I'm driving home and whatnot. And all good. You know, you know, I, we we leave there around 1.30. And I take a back road because obviously, um, you know, 4th of July weekend in Virginia Beach, it, it's packed, jam-packed. Um, you know, so I didn't want to, you know, take, and I take a back road and I'm, you know, not thinking anything of it. Um, look on my GPS and I got to make a quick left. Right. And so I make my left and boom, there goes the blue lights in the rear view mirror. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, and the funny thing, I don't want to say funny, but the, the kind of the tragic thing in it all is my brother's you know girlfriend well now wife is white and and so she sees the she sees the blue lights and she see she's seen this story before she starts boohoo crying in the back seat and like before the cop even gets to the car she's boohoo crying and I'm and I'm like, dude, like, yo, chill out. Like, I don't want them thinking that we kidnapped you. Like, chill right? out. <laughs> like, 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 relax. Like, please, like, chill yeah. out. You know, and oh, and so he was like, so the cop gets to the car and says, um, you, you know, you fail, you fail to signal your left turn. I said, okay, it's 1 30 in the morning. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if he thinks I'm drunk. Or whatever, I just like, oh, well, I was looking at the GPS and the turn came up on me quick. Mind you, the only place you could go was either left or straight. So, and there was nobody on the road. So, um, you know, I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, they take my information and I'm sitting there. Um, they're like, oh, can you step out the car? I was like, oh, shit, okay. I get out the car and there's four police cars. Like, immediately, four police cars there. On the busiest weekend in Virginia Beach, you have four police cars <laughs> for a failure to signal. So, you know, for me, the first thing my thought is, okay, I can't rely on this police officer to defuse this situation. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's to me and, you know, to, to my black men out there. You can't rely on a police officer to be the voice of reason or the diffuser of a situation. Yeah. So the first thing I say to him is like, I say, sir, I don't understand why you have four police cars here, but my wife is seven months pregnant. I just want to get home and I want to make sure we all get home tonight. And he looks at me. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm dead serious because I can't. I, I was like, I don't have a gun. I don't have anything. Um, I just want to get home. 
And that, that, that's literally the first thing that I said to him. And so now he decides, okay, I'm going to give him a, a, a sobriety test. And it's, it's funny because I'm like, I'm literally, so now I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to drop my resume. Like, and I, and I, and I told, like, I, dropped, I literally I was like, dude, I'm a master's educated fortune. I work in, I'm, I work in senior level leadership at a fortune 500 company. Like I'm, I'm basically telling him I am not your typical Negro. And I'm sorry, you know, I know we got, we got multi-races on there. Man, in here. That's almost <laughs> inflammatory to the black dreams, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm, I'm saying whatever you thought about the African, like whatever your, your initial your biases stereotype. are, yeah. whatever your stereotype and biases are, I'm letting you know that one, you're really off, but mm. two, if you think that way, I am not that person. And and I'm like, and, and you know, finally, after 20 minutes, they, they let me go. And, and, and you know, and I, I, I went around and, you know, did my, my token black guy, shook every police officer's hand. And I said, hey, you, you know, you, you, did a, you did a great job, you know. But that's, that's our experience. You know, like, one thing you, you and I discussed this earlier is I think it might have been yesterday we were talking about this. The fact that you had, you know, the first thing you do is tell them, look, man, I got a wife and kid at home. You, that is you humanizing yourself to this guy. Like, it's almost like you're in a hostage negotiation situation. Exactly. Where, you know, or not hostage negotiation, where you're, you're held captive and you're like, look, my name is so-and-so. My mom loves me, blah, 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 have a kid, you know, basically just really humanizing yourself to, you know, the person that you feel is putting you in danger. So they actually see you as a human. And that, in its essence, is fucked up. Like, yeah. it, like the fact that you can't look at me and see past my skin to recognize that I'm a human, that in itself is a problem that is like yeah. the root of the problem and you know we talked about my experience and I, I laughed when you were like i i didn't have a gun i told you my story yeah i had a gun like i i have a permit to carry like i always carry and you know i remember you know my attorney told me the same thing like i saw the lights i gave him my license and my showed him my permit because I'm pretty sure he would have seen the gun. And, you know, as soon as I gave him the permit, my hands went from here to here. <laughs> like, there will be no mistake in me reaching for nothing. Exactly. For, for, like, a solid 20-minute exchange, you know, my hands are literally on the ceiling of my car. You want me to get my registration? You can get it yourself. I'll tell you exactly where it is. It is... About three, four officers additionally came to the scene, and I remember, like, and I'm in, a, you know, I'm in a small town anyway, but, and I'm literally, like, when I say a handful, like, I might be reaching. There aren't many people like me around here, and I'm in Whiting, Iowa. Like, the irony of that, told you about the exchange <laughs> yeah. with somebody there at the bar, and... You know, the guy told me, he was like, well, I see where the weapon is. Just reach over. 
and get the registration. I'm like, the hell I look like reaching over the weapon so you lose the sight line of it. Yeah, exactly. And then you, you know, I, I'm not gonna write this narrative for you. Like, could have easily went left and they could have easily wrote up whatever the hell they wanted to. You know, I know there's a lot of people tuning in that know me and would know better, but you know, America, you know, most of the people don't know me like that. Yeah. You know, they'll believe whatever the hell the cop writes up and says. So, you know, I, I remember that was probably the most scared I had ever been in my entire life. Because they yeah. had come at a time where it just seemed like dudes, unarmed black dudes were just getting killed left and right for no reason. And, you know, it's it's scary. Like, I call, it, call it what it is. It's scary, you know, when you have these encounters and you legally own a firearm. Like, I have a permit to carry a weapon. Like, yeah. and, you know, to have that fear that you're legally exercising your constitutional right to carry a weapon, carry a firearm, and to be in fear that you're executing, you know, exercising your, your constitutional rights, mainly because of the color of your skin, how you're going to be viewed as, you know, yeah. A, a black man with a gun and you know it's well that, that's what I, I think what what you know in retrospect what kind of broke my heart the, that night you know I, I was glad i made it home so don't get me wrong and and i, and I will preface i don't know if the if the situation would have like if i didn't kind of go out of my way to defuse if it would have got there they could have been great cops i don't know you know but you know the fact that you brought four other police police cars for a failure to signal kind of <laughs> gave me red flags. But I, I remember waking up the next morning and bam, it was Alton Sterling. I go to sleep that night, wake up the next morning, bam, it was Philando Castile. Yeah. And I'm just like, dog, like I was that I was, there was a good possibility that there could have been a possibility that I would have been in one of those hashtags as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and that's, you know, and, and, you know, that's where it was kind of frustrating and, and hurt, hurtful for me um, was like, you know, I, I, and I want to, because we're going to get to our next point, which is you're just talking about policing and whatnot and as a whole. Um, like, that is just, we, I know police have a impossible job. I know their job is difficult. Like yeah. we, 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 we acknowledge that. Um, one of the kind of the things that we've talked about uh, was, you know, kind of the qualifications to be a police officer and, and, yeah. and, and maybe figuring that out as a way as a possible solution. Um, Do you know what the, what's the time frame to complete the academy? Uh, I don't know if anybody's watching uh, knows the answer to that. Uh, just curious. So from what I gathered is, and, I, and this is what I did my little research or whatever, um, it, it's, it's what is it, 12 to 14 weeks. So you we need to be able to pause right there. <laughs> it takes longer to be a licensed esthetician. So like, hold on. Think so, about somebody, that. Whole Claire Claire Gold just said it takes about twenty one weeks. So, and, and I'm glad you know. Again, like I said, we want to be 
as objectionable as possible. Like we're not trying to, you know, like I said, I know a lot of great cops. I love them to death. Like, and I, I had a uh, that good buddy of mine that I told you I had the conversation with. He said it takes about five to six months. Yeah. So send my sister text to see how long because she at one point was licensed statistician. Well, that makes I mean so so it was it four weeks in a month so six months is twenty four weeks so yeah that's I mean it seems like yeah twenty one it seems like you're right on par so yep yeah so so you know and this is my thought and 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 and, you know there was a Chris Rock video I wanted I wanted to try to play it. But I've seen too many times on Facebook when they kick you off for not using content that's not Not yours. But you think about it. Um, A doctor. Like, I'm talking about jobs that have life or death in the palm of their hands. A doctor has to go to uh, undergrad, grad school, do a to go to uh, get their PhD or whatever it is, the doctoral degree, and then they got to do a residency. Residency. Yep. So you're looking at approximately ten years, ten to twelve years before they're actually in a position to be a physician, to be like a full on physician with the world in their hands. Um, you have you have p- pilots. Who have to go to have to have a graduate degree, and and you know they have to go to a graduate school. They have to go to pilot school after that and get a, and get a um, I don't a degree. Think you necessarily have to have a. Um, a I think for an airline. For, for, for an airline. Yeah, I believe so for airlines, and I, I mean again, I think any you know, and and I'm and so I'm looking at roles that ultimately have life or death in their hands, um, and so. Like, why is the training only five to six months, um, you know, for somebody that has such a difficult job? And, and I see somebody commented, you know, it's hard to find a cop. And, and, and again, I wanted to talk about solutions and, and, and different things. Um, not, the first thing is. It, it, it is it's hard to recruit. It's not a lot of people that grow up to say, hey, I want to be a cop. There are some. Yeah, and there's shit. I I think in most major cities, there's a shortage in the police force. Uh, But I I I had this conversation uh, with a good friend of mine that's in uh, federal law enforcement. I you know, and we spoke about how objective he is, uh, where there he doesn't allow the variables to dictate how he does his job, right? there has to be some standard that's set, you know, that, you know, rules of engagement that, you know, I guess troops when they go, I, my, I grew up in a military family, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad's been on a few deployments. And I remember, like, you know, love when goes overseas, you know, the one thing you want, you want them to get home. But I, and I vividly, you know, I, I've been, I guess, the parallel of a cop's family, you know, just get home. Like, yeah. Do what you got to do to get home. But by the same token, they still have to maintain a standard because, like, you know, being that I've been in that familiar situation where, you know, cops that have bad, not cops, but uh, military personnel that have bad shootings overseas, yo, it's a problem. 
Oh yeah, and it's, and it's a problem quick. Um, you know, I I think you you can't being a cop is one of those things where like much like when you sign up to be in the military, it's inherent risk that you sign up for. Yeah. Like you can't sign up to be a cop and like expect to think that your risk level is going to be the same as somebody who sits behind a computer every day, nine to five. Absolutely. You're going to run into some sticky situations. It's part of the job. It's like we played football, right? Yeah. We got hurt. It's, you know, yeah, it was part of it. You know, you signed up to do it. Uh, actually, the guy who said it was hard to uh, find people that want to be cops. Great friend of mine. Love Dave to death. Spend a lot of time with Dave. Dave actually coaches with me. Uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, reading some comments uh, from that person, but because of their position, we kind of thought it might be best that, you know, left them nameless. But, uh, <laughs> you know, back to the point, it, it's just certain things that you you have to accept as being part of the job. Like, you can't look at, you know, my skin and say, oh, this is going to be a more dangerous encounter than... Well, well, I'm and, a, a white person, you know, and and, 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 and you kind of you kind of got to my point of I I understand, you know, the educational components or and whatever that may be, um, but what I'm always concerned about is, and, and we know them, you know, people that went to high school that stayed in, that that been in the same community. Their whole life, mm-hmm. they went. They went to high school. They went and got you know all, whatever they needed to do to become a police officer, and now they're shipped into a community that they've never been exposed to. You know the 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 two law enforcement that I mean the, the two officers that we played with. You know, you know th- that played in you know at the, that did local law, Dorian and 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 Rodney. I mean, those are the two that I can think of all the top. I know there's others um, that I, we also played with. But they 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 experienced college. They got to be around, uh, uh, you know, multiple subsets of people. Rodney grew up in Philadelphia. He came to JMU, culture shock. Um, and then at JMU, he stayed a police. After he grad finished up, he stayed a police officer. And you know, now he's you know moved on and and whatnot. Um, and so you know, I, I think it's just one of those things that we it's important that people, you know, beyond the kind of the, 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 I guess, training for the actual job, it's getting a kind of the emotional intelligence. You know, that's something that, you know, we've talked about. Well, you hit a buzzer <laughs> right there. Ooh. We've talked about in corporate America, like emotional intelligence, like you have the skills to do the job, now you need to understand the tact and how to do the mm-hmm. job. And, and and one of the things that you know I talked I thought about, you know, I thought about Title I schools. So for those that are you know not familiar within a Title I school, um, those are typically schools that are underfunded, underserved, and teachers basically get loan forgiveness, you know, if they if they stay in a Title I school for five years, they get loan forgiveness. And so um, you know, what, what do we, why don't we look at setting up something like that? So if you're in a community that's typically, that has had 
you know, con, you know, issues with the police. Why are we not looking at maybe higher compensation or, you know, some extended level of training beyond kind of the normal if they're going to be in a community that they haven't they haven't been exposed to? Because to me, and, and I always say this, to me, good policing is more important when your badge is not on, you know, than it is when your badge is on. Like if you're a part of that community, if you are, if you're embedding yourself in the place that you're serving, you know, policing becomes, because they know you and it's not officer Marvin, it's, it's Marv from, you know, he, he helps out with baseball or he helps out with the basketball team or whatever. Um, You know, we, it's just things like that that I think, you know, we got to look at different ways to to train to these police them. officers. And we also got to look at different ways to eradicate kind of this, you know, the systems that are in place with some of these law enforcement agencies. Because, I mean, we, we saw it with, you know, the there was no charges initially in Minnesota. The the cor- the coroner that also works in the same kind of unit same said, yeah. you know, it, it was literally, and it's it's a cycle, and, and and we've seen it time and time again. And if we didn't have video footage, oh man, and and that's literally, and all we're trying to do is get the court. Now, as we've <laughs> seen, now as we've seen with Darren Wilson, with Mike Brown, and. You know Zimmerman with Trayvon Martin getting a conviction is a totally different, you know, a totally different. I'm, we're, I'm just trying to get the court, yeah. and 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 that's where it's like that's where it's like as a as a black man, it's it's hard because you you're like even if we get lucky, even with even with video footage, with everything that you know that we could possibly need as evidence, now we're talking about getting a possible conviction. And maybe. maybe. And it's like, and I think that's where, you know, and we'll talk more about how people that the, the you know, I like to call it the white moderate, as, as MLK kind of alluded to, um, you know, that's where that, that opportunity for them to help and, and kind of guide is, is we got to do a better job of supporting, you know, this kind of this change. And it's yeah. not just saying, it's not just saying, you know, I'm not racist. It's okay, I'm not racist, but this is what I'm doing to also eradicate racism. This is what I'm doing to eradicate police brutality. Like that's the next step, and that's you know that's where we got to get to. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to look at you know some of the subject matter that we put into this without making sure we kind of touch on everything. But you kind of created a segue. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is also the Ahmaud Arbery situation in Brunswick. Yeah. We talk about uh, you know how the system handles things. Think about that happened three, two, three months ago. Uh, was it three? Three, some change, whatever it was. Yeah. It, it was a long period of time before uh you know, anything, there were any ramifications for the incident that happened that day. Now, you know, what was very telling of the, I guess, the climate as it pertains to how, you know, the Black community feels that Black lives are valued is the fact that the the police department had that tape 
they had seen the footage. Yeah. Like, not long after it happened. You know, and I, I talked to my dad, you know, about it. He and I have a lot of in-depth conversations about that. He and my, uh, and my mom as well. And, you know, the thing that is obvious is, you know, that though that father and son didn't get charged because of uh, them, the law enforcement seeing that tape. They got charged because we saw the tape. Exactly. Like, you know, it, it kind of backs people in a corner to where, okay, oh, shit, now we actually really have to do something because somehow this evidence has been leaked. You know, in situation, you would think, you know, when life is lost, you would think there would be more urgency to seek justice than to allow, you know, you know who would know, who knows what happens if that video doesn't surface. Dog, and and the thing about it is, I mean, and not to be completely honest, the dude that recorded the video was trying to exonerate himself, himself. that he wasn't that, <laughs> that he wasn't even, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I'm like, and like at the end of the day, like think about that, like oh man, like this was February 23rd, like and we are and they're just going to court tomorrow. June 4th, they're going to court for the first time. Like, like that's where I'm like, though, there's nothing, like, we would have never heard about it if it wasn't for somebody trying to save themselves. And, and you know, that, that's, that's the tragedy of it all, is that, you know, we, we want to be, we want to make sure, again, like I said, our goal from the intent was, like, we're not trying to bash cops, we're not trying to, but at the end of the day, if if we can't feel comfortable to run, if we can't feel like, and even if we do something wrong, unless, unless we are attacking you, why are we not, not able to get our day in court? Like that, 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 that is mind boggling. Like we talked about the situations with. You know, I, I've seen, you know, there's tons of memes flying around, uh, tons of illustrations of disparity in how, uh, you know, whites versus blacks are treated within the legal system. And, you know, you have the the dude that shot up the people at the church in South Carolina. You know, the guy oh, shot oh, up. They took, they took him and got Burger King. <laughs> he to eat. He went to eat. And... You know, the other guy, I think it was in Colorado. Uh, no, it was the, the, boy, the boy in Florida at Deer Park. Yeah. 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 It, I think, yeah, when we counted it up, it was like 40-something bodies between those four. Yeah. It might have been more. But, you know, they you enter in that situation. You know, I, I, this is what baffles me about how cops come into a situation and are so triggered. You know, first thing they want to do is reach for their gun is you can go to a situation where you know this white guy has killed a number of people, not just one person, has literally shown that he will take a life and you're responding to that call and somehow he's able to get from that point to a jail cell without incident is beyond me. I was talking to that same friend and he was like, you know, he surrenders. 
like I love love my guy to death, but I'm like, you surrender after you body nine people. Like, but you know, even after you quote unquote surrender, there's been instances where, you know, people they hands up. Hands up. No, you, know, you, and- you remember the video of the of the dude that was had his hands up and laying on the ground and still got shot? It was in I think it was in oh, Florida. Oh my gosh. With the uh the special needs kid. Yeah, and, hey, yes. Yes. And I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, laughing, like, but, I'm but, laughing, but, like, literally to like maintain sanity, like, you but, think but, about but, that, but, and it's like, what, what the hell, you know? But that's the thing, and and, I, and again, you know, and I want to get to because we're we're talking about it, is like when you hear these stories, when you hear these stories, like, you're just you're like you're like again, again, again. And then, you know, we, you know, let's 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 call it for what it is. Each one of these events, like I told you earlier, my buddy Ralph said, "Hey, I'm going to do this silent protest," and we do it. We've been doing it since Trayvon. You know, we did it in 2012. We did it in 2014. We, did, you know, we did we do these silent protests. Kaepernick kneels, and I, I want to touch on that. Like we're gonna get like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you created them. You know that's a trigger for me. Yeah. Just because. Oh man. Oh gosh. It, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, it. but but I'm but I'm just I'm I'm just like like I I I I will speak. I will say myself and and anybody that wants. I do not support the rioting. I do not support the looting. Like I am not supportive. Like if you're looting, like that's criminal. But I opportunistic bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You have ninety-eight percent of people doing things the right thing, the right way, and going about the right way, and then you have two percent that are looking at it as an opportunity. I get it. But what you have what people have to understand, and I'm talking to my my white moderate, I'm gonna keep using that term because that's what MLK used. And he wasn't talking like you were a moderate as a Democrat or, you know, he's just talking about people that see the injustice, but also want to keep peace. That that to me is the moderate that, that, that that's what. Feathers. Yeah, they, 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 they want it. They want they see the injustice. They know that it's wrong, but they also want to keep peace and keeping peace is more important than keeping justice than getting justice. And so what I tell you say to them is. Once there's a reason for a protest, you can't control what happens next. Black Lives Matter can't control that. Like no singular person can control that because everybody has their own their own lens own on view, what on, yeah. on, on, on what they want to accomplish in that protest. And their and, own language of expression too. Exactly. And that, and, yeah, that varies and, and, person and, to person. And, and and you know, again. We we talk about you know and you and you uh, you set this bar earlier when we were talking. I was like, hey man, this was like if we was freestyling, this was the bar that I'm going to end on. <laughs> but you said it, and, and you you literally said, you know, we we talk about fake news, fake news, like the whole the whole concept of fake news, and but we don't believe fake news when it comes to the African American community. It it, it becomes gospel. It becomes got, news, like, 
disparaging <laughs> like, stuff comes out in the media about uh, something about somebody in the African American community, it, it's automatically, you know, there, there, there's, uh, there's, it's law. It's it's law. Yep. At the end of the day, and like, and that's the thing is, if you want us to believe that they're not all bad, if you want us to believe, then they're not all racist. If you want us to believe those things, why are we not given the same grace? Yep. Got to be a two-way two street. And, and that, to me, is the, the painful part. That's the part that hurts the most is because and, – and you, you put your attention just like, just, just like everybody did when, when Kaepernick. We put it on the flag. We put it on the flag. Kaepernick said time and time again – after he talked to military people, the people that were actually the, fighting the for the country. Came, the suggestion came from a guy in the military. Like, I, I had this discussion on Sunday. The, the, this, the, the idea to take a knee came from a retired Green Beret that says, yep. you know, because he was initially sitting, initially sitting, and the guy reached out. He reached out. And cop, you know, Kaepernick, he didn't have to respond, but he did. No, he was willing he to listen. They had a conversation. They expressed, you know, grievances on both sides, and that they came to the compromise. Hey, take a knee, you know, kneeling. And and the craziest thing is, kneeling is a form of respect. Like, what do you do when you pray? You kneel. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Think about this. Think about this. Have you ever been in a football? We played football. Mm-hmm. You had two options: stand or kneel. Yep. Like in the practice, you ain't never seen you ain't never seen players you ain't never seen players sit on their butt. On your butt? Nope. They stand or they kneel, and so to me, those are two signs of respect. Mm-hmm. Like and 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 so. That, that, you know, and again, you know, I don't want to, I mean, we, we have so many things to go with this, man. We, like, I, like oh. when we were talking like earlier. Peeking at the, peeking at the yeah. clock. <laughs> no, no. When we were talking earlier, we were like, man, this is going to be a three-hour show. And I, I'm going to tell you, we've had, we have had at least 30 people with us the entire time. And so I'm glad this conversation is keeping you all here because, again, we want to have the conversation I'm glad there's a lot, there's a diverse audience here because I think that's the most important thing. We're talking about mending, we're talking about building bridges and mending fences. At the end of the day, the you know, and I and I posted this on Facebook about a, about a, about a week ago now. Like, dog, this country started when Christmas Addicts, a 13 year old black man, got killed. And the American colonists said, hey, no, no, we're not going for this anymore. And then there was the Boston Massacre. And all of a sudden, a couple years later, you had the Boston Tea Party, which was a riot, which was a riot, which was a protest. And the funniest thing, oh, man, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's uh, this ultra conservative dude on Twitter had something. uh, Somebody had said something like, you know, everybody's talking about riots, riots, riots. And this guy, his comment was, well, you know, they they had tried protesting. They tried protesting. The British didn't want to hear it. They wouldn't be heard. And they finally had enough. 
and then they ride it. And the person that posted it was like, you literally just ran face first into the point that I was trying to make. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, like you said, it's it's not that we condone the writing. Don't condone the right, you know. No. But I understand. I, you didn't get to this point when you were talking, and you might not feel the same. I don't condone it, but of, yeah, I understand but I, exactly. And I, I think, understand. And and that's the thing. You know, the looting, the looting. I, I, it's all no bullshit. That's that's complete like, total bullshit. And so, but again, like we talked about, you know, talking about how the media kind of portrays things and they, you know they brought you know show the looting taking you know all the illustrations of people stealing breaking stuff and you know I told you I had a cousin that's in the military that got you know activated to you know kind of calm the streets down uh in Atlanta and you know he's a he's a ranking officer and they had a briefing and they in this briefing they specifically said there are white nationalists amongst the protesters that are agitating the situation, creating violence, instigating situations, and some of them are looting. Like, this is, like, in their brief, like, that they are told before they hit the streets. And it's like, you look on the news, like I told you, I had to, I had to have a conversation with um, the gentleman that works within the school district where I coach. You know, he had posted something and, like I, I told him, I, I agree with a lot of the stuff that you're saying, but, you know, he kind of, you know, it, it seems to be the moderate white American thing to do to say, you know, I understand, I hear you, but, and, you know, he addressed this, you know, that there actually is systemic racism that needs to be addressed, and, you know, that the cop was, you know, dude's asshole needs to be in jail, and he and then he goes to condemn the protesting and the looting. So then in the illustrations, there's a picture on the left and a picture on the right. On the left, there's a white lady with a sign peacefully protesting. No justice, no peace. Right? All right. Next picture is a black guy looting. He's running out of the store with goods in his hands. And you know, I'm like you know that this whole situation has racial undertones to it. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I don't know if you did it intentionally or if it was something, uh, you know, that you unconsciously did it, but you have to be careful with how you transmit information and transmit ideas because, you know, I told him, I was like, you're like, A, there are whites and blacks on both sides of the fence out there. There's some that are, you know, whites and blacks and others that are peacefully protesting. There's white, blacks, and others that are, that are looting. Yeah, I said, you know, I don't have a problem with you putting that illustration out there, but show the whole picture. That's like, you know, we call them uh, crop kings, where there's a picture that shows, you know, a broad landscape of things, but you zoom in on this to focus in on this. Like, show, illustrate the full picture, yeah. because... You know, no. what you're doing is further perpetuating the stereotype that leads to the encounters that people of color end up having with law enforcement because they're, you know, they're affiliated, their stereotype becomes affiliated with a criminal element. So now, you know, like you said, there's cops that don't come from diverse backgrounds. They don't have the no. chance to interact with people of color. 
or people with different upbringings and all different cultures and all that stuff. So their it's first experience it. might be on the street. Yeah. And if all they see is what they see in the news, you know, it's, that, a, it's a crapshoot yeah. what might happen. Exactly. And I think it was, uh, you know, I was, I'm originally from South Jersey. Uh, and so, you know, there was a peaceful protest in Atlantic City, I believe, on Sunday. And, you know, I know a lot of the folks that did the peaceful protest, they were, they were done and gone by like five o'clock, you know, four or five o'clock in the afternoon. They did it in the morning. By four or five o'clock, they were done. They had moved on. You know, they'd gone about their day. And then, like we talk about the opportunist, you know, the opportunists came in and they started looting. And it was funny because I was like, you know, I saw somebody post on my thing about Black Lives Matter or peaceful protest. Yeah, it was. But you also have opportunists. And and you let's call it for what it is. It's not it's not all black. It hasn't been all the, the looting has not been all black. It has not been all white. It's been a little bit of everything. So let's call it for what it is. Because mm -hmm. I was like, dog, they were they, they were looting a van store, and I was like, no, I don't. I mean, I'm, in all due respect, I don't know too many too many brothers going yeah, into I don't a know van. Too many brothers wearing <laughs> Like you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I, I don't know. Too, and it was funny because they like they're they're running out, and you see like it was this, it was this, you know this white girl, and it was like this white guy. They're running out. And they see the cop, and they drop it. They drop everything, <laughs> and I'm like, like, no, we're not running up in the vans. I'm sorry, like, like that's just not our cup of tea. And so, um, you know, it's just things like that. And, and I think that that's where, you know, when we talk about it, is, is, uh, you know, see the whole story, understand the whole yeah. story. And I think that's what we stop doing. Like, and literally, and, and again, we we we've. We've tried our hardest. We're not going to talk politics. Politics, you know, if you want to listen to that, there's a million and one people talking that. You know, there's a million and one channels. That's not what we're going to do here. But what happens is, is you have a scenario that that occurs, and you tell one side of the story, and people, based on their experiences, their biases, and all, and whatever it may be. And I don't say biases in a negative way. I just say bias, like it's you know, based on, experience. yeah, the personal experience is different, and, and, and they and they draw their story because mm -hmm. it fits it fits their ideology, mm -hmm. and you know that's and that and that what erodes the core, like and and that's why I get frustrated is is yeah. uh, like we like people are so afraid to pick a side. And I mean, or I ain't gonna say so afraid to pick a side. I say so two people are, are afraid to stay in the gray. They they gotta pick a side. And Dave, Dave, yeah, Dave crossed it and he said it. Everything is polarized. Appreciate you. I'm gonna give you the shout out on that because I was getting ready to like, but that's what it is. It's either Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think either... we need to like kind of touch on that just so we kind of, I guess. So, you know, I'm in a rural area and, you know, I, I see a lot of, lot of commentary and some of it make your stomach turn. But, you know, we talked about this as, as it pertained to uh, Michael Shea. I wish you could play that clip. Uh, no, I'm, not, so I'm, hear. I'm not, I'm not trying to get banned, dog. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, basically Michael Shea is a comedian. 
Yeah. And this what was that like a year or two ago that he had yeah. that uh special? The, the, yeah. And you know, one of his main points during that stand up was like he talked about Black Lives Matter and he was like, We're not trying to say we matter more, that we're better or but what I remember what he said before that is like you think how low the bar is. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Like think about the whole the, the the how low matters. the bar is to say matters. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's you know you know we're we're in that you know we're in that participation trophy society. We're not saying mm-hmm. black black lives are special. Mm-hmm. We're not saying black lives are important. We're not saying black lives are valuable. We're just saying it matters. <laughs> like like think about that. Like like they are relevant to society. Mm-hmm. And and. Like you like, and what we heard from that, and what we got from that, was all lives matter, and blue lives matter. Yeah. Like, think about think about that. Like, we're we're like we're at like Black Lives Matter is the like matter is the lowest tier of relevance. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Like matters. like matters. Like matters. Like, <laughs> I, I like his inflection when he did it. Like oh, yeah. he didn't raise his voice. He, he like because it's literally it kind of like creates the parallel of like let me show you like how how like simple this is. Just matters. Matters. Treat me like a human. Like like your your cop experience. Like why should you have to humanize yourself to somebody and you literally just, you know, you, let's say you ran through a, a stoplight. You you ran through a stop sign, you know, didn't signal in enough time. But you have to explain that you have a wife and kid at home because you want to get home. Like, no, 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 because we want to matter. It's not that we want to be important. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't expect, you know, a special courtesy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, like, you know, Bruce, you know, you were, you know, a, a big football player in your community. I, I mean, I was pretty well known around here. Like, I'm not asking for special privileges. Yeah. I'm not like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, we, we can be honest. You know, if we're in certain communities, we've been afforded those are privileges. Like, just based on, like, you know. Who, who we were within that environment. Exactly. So, I'm not at, I don't want that anymore. I mean, I, I mean that's great if you give me to that. I'm not going to turn it down, but you know, at this point in our lives, we just see me as somebody. If you cut me, I'm a bleed just like you. No, I put and my so, pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. I don't want to have to always have to say, "Hey, hey, guy, I have a wife and kid at home. I would like to make it home tonight, just no. like you do." Just like you, that that, and, and I, I think, man, that when when we were we were preparing for this, like that that was the thing we were like, man, like think about how low the scale is to say matters, and instead of just saying, you know what, you're right, I agree, we got blue lives matter, and blue lives matter, all dog, lives matter. You're getting paid to be blue, so obviously your job matters. Yeah, right. So, like, you're hey, paid. Coach Newsom. <laughs> Coach Newsom just checked in. So, Coach, uh, what's up, Coach? Um, like, and I, I think that's the thing that we gotta that that you know, it, it's it's nothing. It's not asking for anything more. It's just that 
you know, we, we want to matter. And if we matter, that means that means in every facet of the world, like we want to we want to have our day in court instead of have, you know, even if you are like, that's the thing. It's like, even if you are in the wrong, give us our just, day in court. Just let let me get to the courtroom. Like, you know, it, it shouldn't be something that's a privilege that like think how low that bar is. Like, let's just say you are on the unfortunate side of actually making a mistake. I just want to try my Yours case. Get, you just want to get to the courthouse. You just want to get to the holding cell. Like, well, well, you understand we, how ridiculous we, we, we that sounds. Because you got to think, even if we get to the holding cell, there's signs of blame. So, no, yeah. So, Man. so you know, but you know, yeah. we're, going, we're, getting, we're getting beyond. Let's go. You know, we we left the police in a low. We're gonna we're gonna move forward. But, but yeah, like oh, we just man. we just want our day in court, and 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 that's that's it, and that's all. You know, I forgot what ra- I'd rather be. What tried by twelve than carried by six? Like that. That's that's oh. you know that's what it is. You know, and I see we got a question. Yeah. Yeah, can you guys give us per second? Ryan Brown. If you're having a dispute with someone, does your first thought automatically go? It's a racial issue. Do you filter through scenarios all at once? Attitude. I think all those, the examples, attitude, demeanor, situation, all kind of, you know, we, we, I don't know if you were on earlier, Ryan. Uh, Marvin talked about emotional intelligence. And you know, Dave actually, he emotional intelligence is rare. Like you, we've been around a, a ton of people. There are a lot of people that are completely unaware of their surroundings, unaware of how people are viewing things, you know, unaware of, you know, the tenor in a room when situations are going on. But uh, I don't, if I'm in a, if I'm having a dif- disagreement with someone, I don't think I automatically jump to, you know, it's a white black thing. I think, you know, I'm a very observant person. So by the time, if we get to the point where we're having a disagreement, I'm going to know if that disagreement is genuine based off of whatever the grievance is or if it has something to do with the color of my skin. I, You know, yeah. it, it's dangerous to always think that it's a white-black issue. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know... Most of you, if you guys are on here, most of you guys know I do a lot of traveling. Uh, yeah. So my, my perspective gets a little broader and broader the more I travel. And, you know, encountering different situations. Uh, and there's situations where, you know, English is not the native tongue in the rooms that I'm in. So, yeah. you know, along with picking picking apart words that are flying across the room, I have to read body language, read tone, tenor, how, how everything's going on to really grasp what's going on. You know, there's a lot of cues that go into, I guess, assessing, you know, what a situation is. So I, I hope that answers your question. Um, <laughs> Dave says sometimes people are just dumb. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, but I, I think, you know, that's, that's true. I think, I think you look at, you try to, you try to assess every situation on its own. Um, but you know, we, we have, you know, we have black, I call them black instincts, you know, you, you realize, <laughs> yep. you know, based on your kind of your previous experiences where, Hey, this thing's a little, this feels a little bit different. 
Um, this doesn't feel like, you know, and again, you know, I think part of it is us having white friends and, and, you know, you realize, oh, okay, well this, uh, you know, if my friend, if my white friend was in this situation, I don't know if this would be the same scenario. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just things like that. I think, yeah, I think we, we kind of assess it for what it is. And, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those guys that I'm going to play the race card on every single scenario. Um, I almost kind of hate that phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of hate that phrase because I, I think about all the times that I've heard people say, why are you guys always playing the race card? And it's like, sometimes it really is about the color of somebody's skin. Like, you, yeah. you weigh in the factors of what's going on. And I always, you know... I like to learn from other people's experiences, right? So, I, you know, I, I take in a broad spectrum of experiences, what's going on in the world. Uh, and you, you, we talk a lot. So, yeah. you know, I like to create parallels of situations. And very often, like, we create these parallels of, you know, how people are policed, how they go through the legal system. You know, I'm, I was flipping through my notes, and one of the things that we had touched on was, like, the Brian Banks situation uh for those that don't know brian banks was a big time recruit out of california uh was set to go to usc went to a party and white girl accused him of raping her right brian ends up being convicted ends up being convicted scholarship gone you know seemingly future pretty much and possibly ruined right then there's the situation of the the swimmer at stanford he confessed to raping the chick. Like there was numerous, you know, testimony of what he did. And the judge says, the judge goes on to say, you know, he feels that if he goes to jail, it's gonna ruin his life. He will ruin his life and ruin his future. So is his future any more important than you know? And again, this is when you're a judge. You're a judge to be impartial. You're exactly. A judge to look at the facts and render decisions based on impartiality. And for him to say that when um it it, it just it call it really calls into question like the whole legal system. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Like this dude just say that. It, it, I think the phrase at the time, because there was another situation, they called it affluenza. Um, yeah. You know, oh yeah, the the affluent, the the, the yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, yeah. And back to Brian Banks, he was later exonerated. How many years did he serve in jail? It was like six was years. Like, yeah, yeah, it was like five or six years. Because I, I know six jail. It, he came out and he had to. He ended up getting a workout with the Falcons. Yeah, I, I think that. they they gave him they gave him a, a spot on the team for a little bit just as a yeah. Uh, you know, and so I, I mean, I know, I mean, I, I think that's the thing. You know, we're we're talking, we're getting close. You know, we're talking about systemic racism. Is even if there, even if, even if you know, there's there's so many layers to this, and that's just why people are frustrated. And you know, and that's why you know we talked about it earlier. We don't condone the looting. I mean, we we you know we're we're no, abs- excuses, for no excuses for it. It's terrible. We don't necessarily control, you know, you know, agree with the rioting, but we a hundred percent understand because if if we get a good cop, 
that allows us to have our day in court. That's crazy. Get then, a good cop just to get to court. Yeah. If we get a good cop that like to just just to get the court, we still have a a a, a, a slanted. I don't know. I'll say a bias. I'm gonna say slanted because it's not a judicial system. I mean, the movie Just Mercy, you, you know, the movie uh, Michael B. Jordan just released, and it's yeah, you know, pretty much free to. That was what early '90s, late '80s. Um, yeah, when he got exonerated. And the police chief that was at the head of it just retired two years ago. I remember why. I remember. I remember watching the movie and doing the research right after. Like the, the police chief that lied and, and conspired and everything, and like ended up doing other things. Like he was making. He started. He started like he started taking prison funding, and 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 giving himself a bonus. Mm. Like think about that. He was taking like for for like basic food, and he just retired two years ago. So so we can't say that's in the past. Like we can't say like that. You know we can't say all of that. Like we we have to be honest with ourselves that like this is still going on, and because it's still going on, it's even more important for the people around us because. As much as I can get a law degree, and I, I we, we know a lot of black lawyers, you know, as much as we can get all that, you know. Hell, you know, I got into law school. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but but even still, what you know, yeah. if, like if the system has to change, and that's where you know, like like we talk about, and we're going to continue to say like that. You know, the people that are on that white matter, like it's it's one thing to say, hey, I'm not racist, but the the most important next step. Is you know take make sure you're you're upfront and real with anybody that you encounter that is like and, and and hold them accountable. Like I think that's like and that's the thing we don't do. You know, I mean Bruce, me and you've talked about it. You know, and we've heard it. You know, you know my family. You know the whole scenario. My family's like that, but I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go confront your family. If you want to ask me what, what what we can do to push this forward, go confront your family. Yeah, and we understand it's hard. Uh, we know. You know nobody wants wants to ruffle feathers where you lay your head or you know that close. You know, people families have you know different dynamics, but you know I understand it's hard, but also understand that you know. I, the way I, you, I have a very simplistic view of the world. Like right is right and wrong is wrong. Like, and I, I, I feel like, you know, that like what Shonda posted on her status the other day about, yeah, you know, if you're white, you know, just answer the question yes or no, if you would like to be treated how blacks are treated in America, right? And Jane Elliott, actually, I told you she did yeah. that experiment yeah. uh, in the college lecture hall setting. And you know, room full of you know whites in the in the room, and you know nobody raised a hand. It was so silent. She said, "Well, let me repeat myself. If you would like to be treated like African Americans are treated in this country, raise your hand." And when there went silence again, she says. That means you know what's going on, you know it's wrong, you don't want it for yourself. So why aren't you doing something? No, there, there's been I, I Jalen Rose said it, and I, I've heard people say it before. Like 
we need the, the, the white moderate to love black people, not the ones that you know, not the ones that you're, that you're friends with, not the ones that you are comfortable with. We need you to love all black people the way you love black hey, culture. Yeah, hey, I was, uh, <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> like, 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 because I, I, I know you, I know you, I know a lot of people that listen to rap. Yeah, you love that. I know a lot of people that listen to R and B. You love that. I know a lot of people in Alabama that love the love the Christmas Tide. 95 percent black team. Like that's that that's I need I need you to love it. Love the culture. Love black people as much as you love black culture. And 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 if, and if you if you love black people as much as you love the culture, then you look through a lens that every time you are part of a conversation, you should be able to go to bat for that for that black for the, for the black community. And, it, and that's if you're serious. If you're not serious, then continue to do what you're doing. And I'm not going to sneer, you know, like, but hey, continue to do what you're doing. But when you see the riots, like, be quiet. Be be a little bit quicker to bite your tongue and shut the fuck up. I'm sorry for the language. <laughs> but look, hey man, like, I told you nothing inflammatory, man. <laughs> look, I, I, you got to admit, I've been doing good. I've usually dropped an f bomb or two yeah. on the broadcast. By you now. have, but, yeah. Uh, it's it, it, but it's really to that point where it's that serious. It's like you know, everybody says you they think you know we know things should change. We know there needs to be change, and I, I remember you know a lot of people saying you know what can we do to make things better. I had a high school classmate that was replying to a post. You know, she had a, a white colleague that was commenting, and you know, seemed like the post was very genuine. She says, "You know, what what can I do?" You know, and it's it's like she had what I think was like a very simple yet very profound statement to that. She just simply said, "Do what you would do if it was your son's dying in the street." Yeah. Like you think how simple that is. A lot of yeah. people that are tuning in. Like have kids, like think about if it's look, your kid. Look, man, I, 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 I'm I'm glad you said that because uh, man, I know I know too many people that I that I interact with daily that are white, and you know they 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 love their Second Amendment. Oh, no, I do too. They love it. <laughs> I mean, hey, I support it. I'm with you. But so what I'm saying is that I know for a fact if their child were gunned down in the street, they're they're not stopping until somebody feels that pain. So, somebody's gonna feel that pain. And, 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 so, and it's the same reason they go to get guns. You go to get guns to protect to protect your you love. Exactly. Like so I, I like so, so, it's, it's Baffling so, that people don't get it. So then, so then, all we're saying is use your voice. You know, use your your influence. Interact with the people on the local level, police officers, administration, and all that stuff. To say, listen, I need you to love this community the way you love the white kids, the way you love my children. The way you love, you know, and 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 if we do that, if we do that, it's because it, because again, all we're trying to do is matter. 
when I, I was about to say, you know, you, and don't get me wrong, we we know it's not gonna be a kumbaya society. No, no, everybody's not gonna like shit. There's people that look like me that I don't like, but even within not liking somebody, I at least respect them as a human. Exactly. Like, I think it, it, it it's mind-boggling that in the year 2020 that we have to talk about mattering as a human. Like, treat me as you want to treat you, you, somebody to treat you, you know? And I that's like sandbox shit. Uh, you right. learn this when you're you first go to preschool or you know, your first interactions with friends. Hey, treat people how you would like to be treated. And for whatever reason, like that simple concept has been lost. And you know, I think part of it too is you know is being lost, and oh, nobody. People get uncomfortable with addressing stuff. You know, yeah. everybody wants, you know, I think I, I, I kind of lost myself because I started thinking about bullying. Like, bullying became a big movement, right? Yeah. And every every school across America has something in their administration, administrative literature about but, 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 So, so stop. When did, when did bullying become big? <laughs> let, 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 let's, let's keep, let's, let, you know, like I said, we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it real. Bullying became a big deal when white kids started killing themselves, when they started complaining. Because, be honest, hey. a lot of people's grandparents on this thing was bullying in the fifties and sixties. Like, so, oh, so, so don't don't tell me. But all of a sudden, white kids. You know, and I'm not just saying white because, you know, obviously there's been suicide, high suicide rates with all young, kid, young children. But let's be honest, it, beca it became a national national conversation when it started happening to more and more of the community. And so the same way, the same way, you know, we spoke up, you know, for people of the, of the, the I don't want to use all the, the, the LGBTQA, all that stuff. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. The, I, I just want to yeah, use the Dave Chappelle, the alphabet. Yeah, people. the alphabet people. <laughs> um, you know, like it's it, it's 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 one of those things that, like, I think, like, we need that same energy. And, yeah. and again, and, and again, I, I don't want you. I, I and you know, I don't want anybody to think that we're talking about. Everybody, the overall, we're not talking about the majority. We're not like we're not talking about the majority of people that that don't value the black life. We're not talking. We're talking about the bad apples, like and but it's on the majority to speak for us, mm -hmm. to help us to help to help us speak for ourselves. You know, say and and that's and that's just you know like I said we. This this whole thing has been, you know, we probably have more, you know, diverse individuals on this than we do African Americans. To be completely honest, we we might have more white. I'm like I'm just looking at the conversation, and so, you know, like I, I think we, you're you're listening to this, so you, you obviously value 
my life, you value Bruce's life, and, and we're appreciative of that. Very much so. We're challenging you to take that out to everybody. Take hey, that out I, to everybody. I ahead. just had something come across my phone, and you know I've been itching to hit on this subject for the longest. That's a, a big done it posted in the group had posted an article about uh Malcolm Jenkins Malcolm Jenkins response to uh oh yeah let let I'm about to say let's I, we're at we're at an hour and a half and let's let let's let's go into let let's let let's let's bring it home with with, with Drew Brees and Dabo. Hey uh, <laughs> so let let's go because we can kind of segue the protesting and the rioting and looting and all this other stuff and segue it into uh Kaepernick. Because yeah. you know, I, I'm a firm believer. Life is all about cause and effect, right? Yeah. So let's rewind back to what was it, 2016? Yeah, 2016, 2017. 2016. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Kaepernick takes a knee. Now, in, in the region where I am, I can tell you. Like when I tell you, I would read the commentary, mm-hmm. and I, I ain't really say a whole heck of a lot. But I would read the commentary and I'd be looking at people like like in utter disgust, like you've got to be kidding me. And, you know, especially when people would, you know, make the argument that kneeling is disrespectful to the flag is disrespectful to the troops and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, OK, you know, like I told you, I mentioned earlier in the cast, I come from a military family. Like I'm like one of a few dudes in my family that didn't serve like. I am in the majority in that matter. And, you know, all my uncles, aunts, had cousins, male and female, my dad, you know, have people currently serving that are officers. I uh, got a cousin that's at Air Force. You know, we serve, it, you know, that's a patriotic thing to do. Right? Yeah. So you hear all these people saying it's disrespectful to the military, disrespectful to the flag, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I often tell people, you know, growing up in the deep south, I'm from, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. You know, the, there's a large debate about the Confederate flag. I'm not going to go there, but, you know, there's people that choose to fly it. And, you know, they're like, well, it's not racist, it's not a racist symbol, which is, I don't give a shit. It's, it is. <laughs> uh, it is. Um, but everything doesn't mean the same thing to everybody everybody's experience with that particular thing is not the same. And at some point people have to start respecting that. Like when I see, you know, the American flag, you know, I I, I think the one time I think I might've had like goosebumps during the national anthem might've been the national championship game. And we had the flyover. And I think it was more so the flyover because it was cool as hell. Like, you know, when, my dad, when we go to games, national anthems played. My dad doesn't cross his heart. He, you know, he'll take his hat off out of respect. Yeah. But, you know, there's not this uber allegiance because, unbeknownst to a lot of people, there's a ton of racism in the military. Oh, like, yeah. A ton. And, you know, I, I think about Drew Brees' response to the kneeling. Right, and I'm gonna kind of get back to the protesting because I really just want to say that kneeling doesn't sound too bad now, right? You know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, hey, I I I bet you Target in Minnesota would have preferred kneeling. I bet you. Yeah, like, but I think about you know my grandfather that served, right? 
Drew Brees talking about his grandfather. Well, mine did too. But when he got home, he wasn't he didn't have a hero's welcome, right? He he was subject to the same discrimination that he left when he went to go serve overseas. He didn't he didn't come home to a hero's welcome. When my at uncle went to Vietnam, came back. Same thing. There weren't like a plethora of jobs. Wasn't getting jobs too because he was black. You know, yeah. a lot of I think people often forget that we aren't that far removed. You think about it. 64, 1964, when the Civil Rights Act was enacted, right? That's not really that long ago. Most of our parents were, 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 were my, my parents, like we were talking about, I was talking about this today. Like my dad was what, middle school? And my mom had just maybe started, yeah, my mom, yeah, my mom was also like, I think she was in junior high. Um, and that's, you know, like that's, how, and, you, and we even talked about this, man. Like, listen, like our, our great grandparents most likely were slaves. Yeah. Or they grew they grew up they grew up their parents were slaves. Yeah, their parents were slaves. Like like like, like, like not far removed from America's biggest and first sin. And we talked about how my initial experience in life were with my family, yours, yeah, yeah. the same. And yeah. you grow up hearing these stories, and then you that you you like start connecting the dots as you get older, and you have these experiences, and it becomes it's like you know your your eyes. I had a conversation with my daughter today, and it halfway broke my heart to have this conversation because it almost feels like you're taking her innocence away, but they're real conversation because she has questions. She has questions, you know, she's getting to that age where, you know, a lot of things that happen, you know, she's not old enough to fully understand, you know, the dynamic of the world and what 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 has, is going on, what has gone on. And you think about having that conversation with a 10 year old, like telling, you know, a younger kid Santa Claus doesn't exist, isn't real. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, hey, people really don't like me because, you know, of my skin. Yeah. But, you know. Breeze's response, like this man, literally, like has broken <laughs> records. Because... <laughs> I would say, look, this is this is this is what pissed me off about Breeze. Like, and it was funny because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm big on Twitter. Um, you know, yesterday he posted he posted a Blackout Tuesday thing, and he posted Black Block and all that stuff, <laughs> and literally. Literally, but I'm gonna tell you. But literally, everybody on Twitter was like, "Hey, all I gotta do is post a black block, and um, and everybody think I'm for the culture. Good, I'm gonna hey, do it." Hey. And he does it. He does and it. he does it. And everybody's like, "Everybody's like, yeah, Drew Brees, Drew Brees." Next day, he's like, "No, listen, stand, you know, kneeling for the flag. I would and, never and like. I don't condone it. It's disrespectful yeah. to the flag." And, 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 and so, literally. You know, it was, I'm going to tell you, the two funniest Blackout two like, there was, like, a couple. My buddy Lee kind of posted, the Redskins did Blackout Tuesday. First of all, your name's the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the 49ers did Blackout Tuesday. 49ers, look, dude. Like, <laughs> you, you're, you're, the, you're the reason we're here. Okay, like, let's let's keep it all, let's keep it up. Keep, we're keeping it real. You're the reason we're here. 
Nick Bosa, I know he didn't want to do it, but he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know he did it. I was like, oh, but hey, but hey, Nick Bosa ain't said anything crazy. I'm gonna keep it moving. Like hey. <laughs> Nick, hey, Nick might be a big dude, but it's some bigger and better dudes in that locker room. I, I, oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure as as loud and boastful as he was in college, he don't have yeah. that same energy no more. Oh no, oh no. Oh, yeah. And so like that, and that was the thing is like, dog, like, don't like if, if if you think that's your part in the so in, in fixing the social you know the injustices like that's that's nothing like you got to walk it every day and mm-hmm. and and Drew Brees is not going to walk it every day and so oh. as as Did as you as, hear as the hurt in Malcolm Jenkins' voice no, as he was voicing but, his opinion about that that man, man was no. genuinely hurt to his core that he. And you would think with all that is going like literally, literally but, but but that's the thing. Riots have been breaking out because you watched a man lose his life on TV at the hands of a, a road cop, whatever the fuck he is, and you have the nerve. Stop! Stop projecting your opinion on shit to other people. Just if that's how he feels, you know. By all means, you know, do it, it is what it is. But if I'm Malcolm Jenkins and everybody else that looks like me on that team, hey, we gonna have to have some. It, dog, like, dog, you are you are one words. of you're the top three. Like, uh, let, let's just be honest. You're you're one of the top three passers, yardage wise of all time. I think you're top one or top two at this point. Like, and ninety eight percent of your passes have gone to African Americans. And mm-hmm. and regardless of how you feel, that that's disingenuous to them. Yeah, and it go it goes back to you know, like I told you, I did my grad school dissertation on this. The the, the theme the theme of the fifties and sixties for black athletes was shut up and play. Yep. Like 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 that's that, basically and, what Laura Ingram told LeBron when he was voicing his displeasure with police brutality: yeah. shut up and dribble. Like, who the yeah. fuck are you to tell this man to shut yeah. up and dribble? Like, yeah. you know, I think too often people are so dismissive to the genuine hurt and anger that is felt within the community about the things that are going on. Like, yeah. And it, it it's never really, you know, yes, things end up happening. Like, the pot boils over from a singular event, but it's been boiling for a long time. Like, when riots broke out, when Trayvon situation happened, you know, the people hit the streets because, you know, in addition to that one singular event, there were hundreds of others that nobody knew about that didn't make the national news. There was a hundred of others that we, that we went about peacefully and peacefully. you didn't, and you didn't and you hear didn't. us until hey. it, until it got, until it took off. Yep. Same. But, you know, but, purposely, uh, it, People peacefully protest. People, it, it's funny. People become so vehemently against rioting, but when people, if I ask you, it's like your parents, right? When you're growing up, your parents ask you to do something, you don't do it. They continue to ask you to do something, you don't do it. And you know, I ain't get many whoopings for not doing. I usually got a whooping for you know doing some shit that I shouldn't have been doing, but. Yeah. When you get told to do something or told to listen, 
Like, hear me. Understand my pain, my anger, my frustrations of what's going on. Just hear me. And you ignore me. And it's ignored again and again and again and again and again. Like people see it in kids, you know, when kids act out, he's they're crying for attention. Like you can boil this thing down to the most simplistic elements of life. Like when your kid is like crying out for attention, he acts out. He does something that, you know, he knows will get your attention. And that's essentially what riots end up being. People are tired of not being heard. No. Tired of not being valued. And when that, you know, those things continue to happen, like those frustrations boil over, they boil over in the streets. Now, obviously, you know, as as much as people want to, you know, be against them, condemn the riots, you know, we I won't let's not even bring up the looting. I think we can no. universally say that everybody I think everybody, yeah, yeah. Will, the looting is terrible. Yeah, the looting, yeah. That, that's almost yeah, like, not even worth being discussed. Yeah. But that's rioting, right. like while I'm saying I don't condone it, I I get it. Like, you know, when you've been in a situation where you, you've been unheard. Like I said, I found out like over the past few weeks that people that I went to school with and I didn't even know, you know, their family situation. People, you know, this one girl, her still never got justice from her dad being killed by the cops. I don't know the specifics of the situation, but that obviously deeply touched her. She, you know, because you know, her status explicitly said, if you want to know why I'm like feel a certain way about the police went through the story about her dad's background, what he did, you know, veteran. And at the end of the day, it's her father. That's her father. Like you think about how you feel about your dad, how I feel about mine, how everybody feels about their family. For the most part, the vast majority of people (laughs) hold their, hold their parents near and dear and don't want anything of malice to happen to them. Yeah. And it does, and it comes at the hands of somebody that's supposed to serve and protect. Obviously, your your views are going to be skewed to how you view those people. Yeah. So, man, bump I mean, Drew Brees, man. I used to be a fan. Drew can kiss my ass now. Well, uh, you know that you, you know when we talked, you said you wanted to get it off your chest for Drew Brees. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get it off my chest for for Dabo Sweeney. Um. Because, you know, and I heard Bomani Jones, he was talking about it earlier today. Don't get me wrong. You have a lot of people that have, that have kind of, have, you know, and I'm talking about white people that have literally came up from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's came up from nothing. Like, and, and, and you know, Dabo Sweeney was dirt, dirt poor, born in Alabama, like walked on Alabama's football team, you know, earned his earned, he's literally earned everything he's got. So part of me understands why he says, hey, if I can make it, anybody make it, because he's had to earn everything he's got. I get that. But Dabo Sweeney, as the coach, is not Dabo Sweeney. Without Taj Boyd, without Deshaun Watson, oh, without Sammy Watkins, Sammy without Watkins. C, without CJ Spiller, 
And so yeah, Wilkins. So his comments, he didn't say anything inflammatory like Drew Brees, but it, he kind of dismissed. He stayed on the fence. He stayed on the yeah. fence, and like you built your career, and you he know, had just signed a ninety-three million dollar contract, and he's and the f- made that money off the backs of a team that is majority. Like that team is probably eighty seventy-five to eighty-five percent African American, yeah. and you you have to go. And the thing that bothers me about his, like, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but this that equally no, no. pissed me off too, but. You go in these young black men's homes, and you when every coach in America goes, part of their speech is, "I'm going to look after them like they're my son." Yes. I swear to God, every coach in America that sat, it, we both had coaches come in our living room and pitch us on their school, and every last one of them has said, "I'm going to look after your son like he is my own." Yeah, I hope every five-star recruit that they have gotten over this past recruiting cycle decommits and goes somewhere else because that state his like lack of willingness to commit to us like it was a prime time to for him to really stand behind his players to let them know that he really feels their struggle and the things that they have to do like yes football consumes a lot of your life but it you you've been down to South Carolina. Yeah. Clemson is not far from Atlanta, and where Clemson is, it is in the boondocks of South Carolina, in the like the boonies of Georgia, right there. Outside yeah. of Clemson is nothing but rednecks, and there's yeah. a lot of rednecks in that area that do not like black people, and they have encounters. I got recruited by Clemson. I know that area really really well. It's it's a world outside of Clemson that would blow Dabo's mind when his players have to experience it outside of the walls of oh, oh, Clemson oh, yeah. University. Exactly. So you know, I, we we say all that to say, like I think again, going back, we wanted to offer people kind of tangible things. Is that if you want if you want this to stop, if you want if you want to be on the front lines of, of changing this, you're you're, you're you you cannot. You cannot teeter totter that line. Um, yep. You know that 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 you know that literally is what detracts from this whole process. Um, it, it 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 cheapens this whole process. Like if you're going to be if you're going to be if you're going to be for you know eradicating racism and, and and improving the social justices and 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 the equalities of, of people that don't look like you. You can't be on that line. You can't be on that. You can't be on that fence. And that's all we've been, tra- you know. And and I think, um, you know, we we've we we've talked a lot about it. Um, you know, I think we we've, we've kind of went at length about. You know, we've been over two hours now. Um, and so I think you know we we're going to continue this conversation. Um, I don't know. How, I mean, I I do have a podcast called Shooting the Breeze with Friends. I'm, I'm up doing my little pub. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I am I am going to 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 try to put this pod this kind of session on there. I don't know if I'll be able to do so, um, but I'm I'm going to at least try to import the data and, and do that or work with somebody that can. Um, and I'll share that. You know, my my goal and my 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 quest for everybody. That's listen, 
share it with your friends and make yeah. sure, as a matter of fact, send hey. messages. Hey, look, treat this like an MLM. I know people have a, I know I have a negative reaction when people tell me to join the MLM. Yeah. But we, if you want to want to have an idea how you can really affect some change, like find two or three people. Tell, you know, have an impact on those two or three. Have those two or three people yeah. have the same impact on two or three people individually. And it grows, you know. And you know that—that's yeah. the only way you'll be able to, as a as a collective whole, everybody. Right, yeah. Everybody has to do their part. You know, the the tree won't grow if everybody doesn't do their part. Yeah. You know, and until that happens, you know, we might be having this conversation in another month. You never know. Well, yeah. Like, and, and, and I also, and I'll end with this. That this was my thing, and. and my goal and my hope is, and I, and I think I said this on kind of the, the, the initial conversation, my, my hope is that five years from now, 10 years from now, we look back and, and, and say that this, this, this moment that's happened over the last 35 to, to, to 60 days, um, this moment changed everything. And if and at the at the end of the day, if at this moment, if this changes everything, none of those stores, none of the property, none of the the, the entries to police officers, none of the none of that at that point it was done in vain. And you know, I I I'm I'm you know I'm sorry that police officers were hurt during these protests and this riot. We're sorry about the property damage. We're sorry about the looting. But it let this be, and this is up to everybody that's listening to us. And you, not that we're going to solve. You know, we're only a small, um, we're only a small group. You know, people like. But let this be your vessel. This conversation, if you've never had this conflict, let's, let this be your vessel for change. Um, let this be, you know, you know, the people in your community that, that, you know, the people in your circle that, yep. you know, probably identify more with, with the, the, the police officers and the, the rate, the racism, the racism that we deal with, have that conversation with them say, Hey, I want you to listen to this because you know what, like this opened my eyes and these were, and, 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 and through this conversation, I learned more. And I think at the end of the day, like, you know, again, once this, once I finish, this is going to be available, share it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to talk. I, I know, you know, me, Bruce and Riley started this as JMU football. Um, but I, I think it seems like now we've been called to do something greater. And, and so I think we're going to answer that call. Uh, we're going to continue to, why not, you know, there might not be every week or anything, but, you know, we're going to figure out a way to, to continue to have these conversations, I I, I appreciate everybody yeah, staying on this as long as they did. Yeah. Um, go ahead, had Bruce. A pretty I, steady, had a, oh, you're good, man. I I've just been kind of peeking at the numbers. We've had a pretty steady crowd the entire time, and I I really appreciate people just you know taking the time to listen. You know, yeah. and it's hard to just sit there and listen to you know I know it is for me, but you know just sit there and just really have a genuinely open ear to you know seek understanding you know and i i think 
the conversation, you know, the seeds planted. Now it's up to everybody to, you know, help make that seed germinate and grow and, you know, to really affect some change, man. So to everybody, hey, I I mean this from the bottom of my heart, man. I've been, um, I've been, I've been concerned. Um, I've been concerned about how we would do this. Um, you know, you know, I, I, cause, cause I told, I told you from jump when we had that first conversation, um, I wanted to do this the right way. Um, I wanted to do this in a way that, you know, I've been angry, you know, and and I got like people. I I think we did the right thing by waiting. I think we legit, you know, I think it was too fresh to do it when it initially happened because I know your emotions were high. You know, just oh, based yeah. our, off our initial conversations about the whole thing, I think, you know, and I, I think that's a, a lesson even as, you know, in the African-American community. Like, believe you me, you look at me and Marv, we get it. We've lived it, right? And I think one of the things is to I, – I think part of it because we coach. And I, I think, like, you know how you have to break things down into – simplistic terms to really convey it to like you know get the concept across for execution to actually happen like and i don't think that can happen when you when your emotions are high because you you heard how amped up i was yesterday i was i was yeah. almost disappointed we didn't do it but i don't think the message would have been conveyed as efficiently and effectively as I think, I think we did a, de- a decent job. You know, I don't know how great a job we did, nah. but you know, I think you know what we spoke about is real life situations that's happened to us, happened to you know people that we know, um, and just opening people's eyes to you know what's actually going on uh, in the community. So, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that it just doesn't die here. Uh, yeah. Everybody that has questions, like me and Marv, love to talk about different different stu- yeah. subjects. So. You know, if you have a question, add him on Facebook. I know he's more than willing to, you know, accept you as a friend and continue the dialogue and vice versa on my end as well. So, you know, the biggest thing, just don't let it be one conversation. Like, you know, it's one thing to hear it, learn it, but now it's time to kind of put it into practice and, you know, really trying to affect some sort of change. And again, uh, yeah, and again, we're, we're appreciative, man. Hey. Uh, you know, I thought you were going to be, you know, I thought you were going to get a little too drunk, Bruce, to finish this, you know. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, look, I, I, I had to calm my nerves, you know, had, had some issues with work stuff. And, you yeah. know, but, you know it, I think this is very important. You know, I, I think uh, one of the things I think we were both very much so on the same accord was the fact that this was supposed to be a a bridge building outlet you know what i mean like trying to bring you open people's eyes to you know have some empathy for the other side and you know not you know i think often you know a lot of people is you know I've, I've seen it on my timeline people are angry you know a lot of the things that they're expressing on their timeline uh, i had this conversation with my head coach on sunday i know when people hear certain things when they read it their mind turns off. Yeah. They don't want to hear anymore, you know? Uh, so, you know, it, it's okay to be angry. It's the right thing to be angry. It's something to be angry, but it shouldn't just be 
the African-American community that's angry. And I think the one thing I think that's different about, excuse me, all the things that's happened in the past versus what's going on now, the oh. diversity of the people that are outraged exactly. is vastly different than what it was before. And I think that kind of speaks to the, you know, somewhere the ball is rolling, but we got to keep building, yeah. on that, building, 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 because it's going to, it can't just be, you know, African-Americans being upset about what's going on and wanting things to change, you know, at the end of the day, it, you know, we live in this world together, and you know, I, it's going kind of funny to me. You know, I'm laughing in my head as I'm saying it in my head, but you don't want your shit to burn. Listen, yeah. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, like if you listen, I, I just think a little empathy goes a long way. Absolutely, it goes a long way just to say, you know, listen to understand and not to respond. That's the biggest thing. That's real. And I think we're, we're going to end on that. Listen to understand and not respond. I think that's going to be the final bar of, of, of this, this night. Again, if you have any questions, you know, reach out. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. Um, and again, share, share it with people, share it with different people. Uh, um, and I think, uh, you know, hopefully this can spark some conversations um, like I said, man, it's real conversation. Really, I, I, I saw in the comments somebody said it's time for people to be uncomfortable. Yeah, like it is. Like, it is. At some point, like change doesn't happen when complacency doesn't breed change. Yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, we'll wrap it up again, Bruce. I appreciate you, man. We we we, we you know we 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 got through this, and I think we did it. Um, we didn't. We did it the right way. I mean, I, I'm yeah. I'm proud. I'm proud of how we did this, and I hope people respect that. Um, Mike Wright, appreciate you on the on how to switch the video over to the podcast. That's my buddy from Jersey. Love you, bro. Um, I don't know who else is on here. I was gonna just give a bunch of shout out. Bill Inns, one of my coaches I coach with, man. Uh, he gave me a great video to watch last night, um, and so I'm appreciative of him. My uh, my buddy Jose, um, you know every everybody has been has been great, and, and I, I don't I know you've had a bunch of people that've been on here too. I know we we'll spend another hour giving shout outs because we've had a lot of yeah. love from this. So I'm yeah, I'm gonna absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it off again. Appreciate you all. Um, share it, and then uh, I will post once I can get it over to a podcast. Um, then um, I will do that. But uh, appreciate everybody. Love y'all. I really do. Hey, love you guys, uh, man. Hey, really appreciate you guys tuning in. That, that yeah. actually means a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I'll just say it. I'll end with this. Like I was, it was a rough week. Last week and a half was rough, rough, and it was a lot of people, a lot of my my white peers that 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 got me out of a dark place. Um, and so I love you guys for listening. I love yeah, you guys for absolutely. trying for attempting to have the conversation because this is where we go from here. And I'm not going to stop. Bruce is not going to stop, and I don't want you or any of you to stop. So we love y'all. Good night, and we'll talk later. Hey, appreciate you guys. Love you. Have a good one.